Welcome to True Paranormal, the podcast with your host, Leo Rizzuti. Every week we will explore such topics as ghosts, demons, poltergeist, haunted history, time shifts, cryptozoology, and other aspects of the paranormal through listener-submitted accounts, documentary studies, and interviews with the investigators that dedicate their lives to searching for proof of the unknown. So get a fresh cup of coffee, dim the lights, relax, and get ready for a short visit to the realm of the true paranormal. Hi guys, Leo Rizzuti here. Welcome to another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. This has been a very eventful week around here. We moved into a new house. I got some new equipment. I did a lot of harvesting of maple sap for making of maple syrup, yummers. And on top of that, I did a little mini investigation of my own at a farmhouse that is uh, one of the family homes and caught some stuff. So I'll be sharing that with you guys at some point later on in another episode. But for now, we have listener stories to go through. And I know that's what you guys are here for. So let's go ahead and jump right into that. Our first story this evening comes to us from Katie, and she has titled it, A Haunted Boarding School. Okay, Katie, let's see what you sent to us. I work in a group home for adolescent girls. It's a very old home in one of the oldest cities in North Dakota. It was acquired by the agency I worked for over almost 50 years ago. Prior to our agency owning it, a woman and her baby lived there. For some reason, the baby died, and after that, the woman would always claim to hear her baby crying. Eventually, she hung herself in the well in the basement. The house was sold to our agency, the well filled in, and it became occupied by the man who started the agency, his wife, and the Native American children that they brought to the group home. The format of the agency has changed now. It's no longer a boarding school, but a home where nine girls live with a rotating staff and myself as the social worker. When I first started there, I began to hear ghost stories and I brushed them off. But now, after talking with staff that have been there for years and seeing some of the stuff myself, I've begun to believe it. Different things have been reported, but they've been consistent over the past 50 years. There is a picture of the man who originally started the group home, and if it gets moved, then little things happen, such as curtains getting all pushed to one side, kitchen rugs ending up underneath the kitchen table, faucets turning on or off by themselves, lights turning on and off by themselves, and the sound of footsteps in the hallways. Also, different people report seeing a woman wearing a blue bathrobe who has blonde hair. Different staff have reported seeing her as have residents, some even on their first day of placement, before they've heard the stories. People also report seeing the man who started the agency standing at the top of the stairs, just watching everyone go by. Also, my office is kept locked and no one has the key except for me. Often during the night, the staff say that my radio will all of a sudden turn on very loudly and then shut off later. Also, the phone will beep as though it's off the hook, even though it's not. 
And the scariest is that the ghost doesn't seem to like the new night staff starting. Scary stuff always starts when the new people start. Some staff have even walked out on their second or third night because they are so scared and they don't ever return. Just last week we had two staff working the overnight, one training the other one. They were downstairs and the new staff went to use the bathroom. She was in there for a few seconds and all of a sudden the doorknob started rattling back and forth and the lights in the basement went off and both staff reported this. There are so many things that happen here I could write about them for days. Some people think that personal homes are the only thing that can be haunted. I would tell them to work in the environment that I'm in and see if they still think that way. Wow, Katie, that is an absolutely awesome story. And you are 100% correct. A lot of people seem to have the perception that the only places that could be haunted are either personal homes and uh, maybe hospitals and sanitariums, things like that. But really any place can be haunted. And it's amazing the number of stories that we hear about where folks are working in, in an environment where they are affected by haunting activity. Uh, it's not just confined to old Victorian haunted houses. Um, it does sound like you have a lot of activity there, and I would love to hear more from you about some other stories that you've got if you get the chance. In the meantime, thank you very much for sharing that story with us. We really appreciate that. Our next story comes to us from Tracy, and she has titled it The Haunted Lamp. Okay, Tracy. Let's take a look at what you sent to us. It would be an understatement to say that in the house I am living in now, we have had a few weird things happen. For example, one of the first paranormal things that ever happened here was when my husband was up in the bedroom by himself and a light by the bed stayed on for 10 minutes without being plugged in. That was just the start of our haunting adventures. The second thing that I can remember was a couple of days later I had turned a light off in the bathroom, went halfway downstairs and looked and it was back on. And it's not just the lights. My son has a toy remote control car which kept going by itself all the time with no one around and no one touching the controls. It even went backwards all the way across the room once and it doesn't even have a backwards control for the car. On the one year anniversary of my grandmother's death, my husband and I were talking about her. This happened to be around midnight, not sure about whether that is significant at all. When all of a sudden my husband started talking about all the things to do with my grandmother that were from when I was a child that he never knew. He even described a house that she used to live in that he had never been to. He said he felt she was sending him messages. This was very weird as there was no way he could have known or could have found out these things he was telling me. They were things that, until he started talking about them, even I had totally forgotten from my childhood. Suddenly, I felt very strongly that a presence was in the room. It made everything feel very heavy and I felt as if my grandmother was right there. I could really feel it through my body. 
It is the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. Then I felt the presence physically lift from me and go away. I knew she was gone, but seemingly had wanted to communicate with me one more time before she was gone for good. My husband had also told me that she was telling him things about what happened not too long before she died, and before she died she couldn't really talk, or seemed to be in a vegetative state for years. There have been other things that have happened here as well, such as in regards to my stepfather, Chris, dying of a heart attack. He was very close to my son and was very much like a grandfather to him. On the night he died, my son said to me, Chris says, Hi, Gator Gator. I'm all right. My son was three years old when this happened. Alligator was what my stepfather called him all the time. Then he said, Chris says, Tracy, are you listening to me? It was the strangest thing. This was when my husband had gone over to be with his mother and wait for the coroner after my stepfather's body had been discovered and before my son could have possibly known that he had died. Since then, my son has told me many other things that my stepfather says to him. I do sincerely believe that he can communicate with him. I know some people may not believe in these things, but I believe very strongly in the experiences that I have had. Holy smokes, Tracy, that was an incredible story. Uh, that was very heartwarming to think that your grandmother would come to communicate with you one last time on the anniversary of her death. And it was amazing that she would choose to work through your husband and communicate things that there was no way that he could have possibly known otherwise. We have seen a lot of instances where people claim to be able to talk to long lost loved ones, things like that. And most of them are, I don't want to say they're fake, but they really don't come across as genuine. This kind of experience though is very, very, very genuine. And I am glad that you had it and that you had a good experience from it. And also it seems like obviously your stepfather kind of doing the same thing, choosing to communicate through your son to let you know that he's all right and that he's passed on and to kind of reassure you. So it makes me kind of think that maybe your, your family is fairly sensitive to these things, which is amazing. Um, but at any rate, sounds like you've had some neat experiences, and I really appreciate you sharing those with us. Thank you very, very much. The last story that we have for you guys this evening is titled, My Haunting Experiences, and was sent in to us by Tammy. Okay, Tammy. Let's jump right into your story. We had lived in our house for several years before anything strange started happening. The first thing that I remember happening was I was eight years old and lying awake one night, unable to sleep. I had been facing the wall and rolled over to get more comfortable when a pair of glowing orange eyes suddenly appeared underneath my homework desk. They floated there for a few seconds before shifting to the side and vanishing. I froze where I was. I was so scared that I couldn't even scream. I lay like that until the morning when my dad came to wake me up for school. 
I told him I wasn't feeling particularly well and managed to stay home. We had a single parent family and he had to go to work so I was left alone for the day which I didn't mind at all. I spent all day trying to figure out where those eyes were coming from but I never could. Nothing happened for a few months but one night while I was sleeping I was woken up by something. I don't know if it was a noise or maybe a feeling that woke me. When I was fully awake, I got that feeling that I was being watched. I broke into a sweat and didn't dare move. I had myself convinced that if I didn't move, it wouldn't see me. Suddenly the edge of my bed sunk down like someone was sitting on it. I had stopped breathing, I think, and the weight began to rock side to side. Then it lifted, the feelings left me, and once again, I didn't move until the morning. It went on like that for a while. Sometimes it would be months before something happened, sometimes every night for a week. Sometimes it was the eyes, sometimes it was the rocking weight. Then the foot touching started. This had been going on for a year almost, and I had become a very reclusive little girl. Sometimes the foot touching would be little taps and pokes, but every once in a while it would be hard enough to cause bruising. I had been leaving my lamp on when I went to bed, only to have my dad walk in and turn it off when I fell asleep. My older brother would tease me relentlessly about being scared of the dark. A few months later, my older brother offered to swap bedrooms as he wanted the bigger room. I heartily agreed since there was a street light just out the front that streamed light straight in through the window in his room. Once we had swapped rooms, the visit stopped. My brother never ever complained of anything strange in the room. I asked him about it once and he just laughed. About six months after the room change, we moved houses and I considered myself free. I truly felt like I was too. and till I started spending more time on my own out walking in the hills surrounding the town. It was mostly rocky desert with only spin effects and a few stunted eucalyptus, but I found it extremely beautiful. I would take a small cassette player and a book with me and climb out to a small cave that I had turned into my own little retreat. It was there that the tingles came back to me. Whenever a certain song was played, there would be the sound of boots crunching on the rocks above me, or rocks slipping down the hillside. My little cave was about halfway up the side of a steep incline with no paths leading to it. I knew I was alone, and there was very little in the way of local animals. I saw the occasional iguana and kangaroo, but they tended to stay clear of any humans. The song would end and the tingles up my spine would also. The noises ceased and the rocks stopped slipping. I was scared, but I refused to give up my little sanctuary. So eventually, I just stopped playing the song. Easy enough done and the tingles never returned after that. Sometimes I would test it just to see if it was still there. Sometimes it was and sometimes it wasn't. My family never really knew about what I went through. I think back on it now and wonder why I never talked about it 
I remember I once told Dad about the eyes, and he dismissed it as a bad dream. I think that must have convinced me that no one would ever believe me. At such a young age, I thought I was the only one in the world who had such frightening things happening to them. Eventually, I grew up. I'm married now to a loving husband, and we have children of our own. I'm happy with my life, and I haven't suffered any long-term mental problems from the ordeal I had as a child. More than anything, I simply want to go back to that house and that cave just to see if I can feel anything. I have come to understand something else. I know now why my dad dismissed my fears so easily. The thought that there is something more to the world, something intangible and unexplainable, that there is something that you cannot protect your child from is terrifying. Whenever I hear bumps in the night or my boys call out, my heart leaps in a way it never had through my childhood. I know now, just like my dad did, that it is far easier to convince myself that they just had a nightmare. Wow, Tammy, that is an absolutely awesome story. Thank you for sharing that with us. And you are 100% correct. Uh, that is a thing that people, until they have kids, they do not understand how much you want to protect them from things. And I know as a parent myself that it's a lot of times easier for you to say, oh, you're just having a nightmare or, or don't worry, it's just your imagination or things like that, then it is to kind of confirm what your kids are going through. Uh, I do think that it's a little uh, sad that you could not really talk to your family about what was going on in depth, but I am convinced that there are a lot of people out there that are in the same situation that you found yourself in, that they are going through things and they feel like they cannot talk to anybody either because they have a fear of being ridiculed or because they feel like maybe they are the only people on earth who are actually going through what they are going through. And, you know, it's it shows like this and other shows in the same kind of vein that at least with this show, I try to help people by allowing folks to tell their story and not only get things off their chest, but also to help other people understand that they are not the only people out there going through things, that they're not in this alone, and that there are a lot of people out there that have shared experiences. So we can all come together and we can help each other out, kind of put our arms around each other and just say, hey, you're not by yourself, you're not alone, and there are folks that not only understand what you're going through, but might also have some answers and might have some assistance for you, or if nothing else, might have just a sympathetic shoulder for you to just vent on every now and then. But at any rate, I am really glad that you shared your story with us, Tammy. Thank you very much. That was awesome. Well, guys, that is going to do it for this episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. And before we sign off this week, I'd like to just take a moment and talk to you guys about a kind of sad situation that I'm seeing with a lot of my colleagues in the podcasting world. And that is that a lot of them are deciding to get out of doing podcasts and they have multiple reasons for it. And I'm not just talking about paranormal podcasts. I'm talking about across the board in all kinds of different subjects. 
they are choosing to stop doing what they're doing not because they're not passionate about it not because they want to stop doing it but the main reason is that they feel like they're not getting a whole lot of support from folks and some of them are looking to make an income from podcasting some of them are you know they write and things like that and they do videos and so they're looking to make an income from it and with that you know it's kind of a sink or swim environment but most of the folks out there myself included are just doing this because we're passionate about it and because we love doing it and because we love talking to folks and getting whatever our message is out and helping people out and educating folks whatever reason they have but it's almost never a money issue but one thing that podcasters do thrive on is feedback and they are not seeing a whole lot of feedback from their podcast and these are folks who have thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners but for whatever reason they're not getting a response from the folks who listen to them so if you guys do listen to podcasts um whether it's just this one or whether you're like me and you listen to a lot of them do the folks that you're listening to a favor and let them know that you actually care about what they're doing send them a note um comment on their stuff uh whatever you can do to communicate with them trust me it carries a lot of weight and it really makes you feel good about what you're doing and even if you're not obviously earning an income or you're not seeing any kind of results as far as monetarily or anything like that from doing the podcast appreciation and comments and things like that is lifeblood of it and it will push you through anything i know that um For me, we get a good amount of feedback here, and I really appreciate that from you guys. And it really, every time I get an email from a listener, every time I get a comment on one of my shows or one of my posts or something on Facebook, it means the world to me. It lights up my face, and it just makes my whole day, if not my whole week. So you guys, if you could, just do that. If you're listening to podcasts, make sure the guys that you're listening to know that you're out there. And in that light... Same thing with us. If you um, listen to us on iTunes, if you would give us a rating and a review, that would be awesome. If you are uh, listening to us through other avenues, whether podcast.com or blogger or however it is that you listen to us, be sure to uh, subscribe to us. And if you're on Facebook, go to our Facebook page, hit that like button, and if you want to share your story with us, obviously just hit that message button or the email button and send us your story. We'll be glad to share it on one of our future broadcasts. As I always say, I really appreciate you guys that tune in to us every week, and we'd love to know that you guys are out there. Um, I would like to thank Tammy and Katie and Tracy for sharing their stories with us this week. You guys are absolute rock stars. That being said, as always, this is Leo Rizzuti. This has been True Paranormal, the podcast. Thank you guys for listening and join us next week for another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. Mm